The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 214 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? Good. Just debating what I've been doing with my life. 214 episodes. It's I think we're catching up on, uh, yeah, on some, I was listening to How Did These Get Made on a Road Trip. Great podcast. Of course, talking about movies, but because they only do once every few weeks, I think we're almost like going to catch up with them. How close like, are we to Joe Rogan? I don't know. That could be hard. <laughs> Doesn't he have like 2,500 episodes? Yeah. If you were doing more like steroids and ayahuasca and stuff, we could catch up if you <laughs> had a little more energy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could have our own home studio, too, instead of me sitting in my office and you sitting in front of what looks to be an elliptical. <laughs> Rarely used elliptical. I'm no Joe, I'm no Joe Rogan. No Joe Rogan. Um, I mean, so what are we talking we're, about? We're heating up. It's heating up the, you know, we're not going to talk about the trade rumors because we've beat that horse to death. Are, yeah, they're they're over, right? Like, there are no trade rumors. And Ben Simmons settled his uh, grievance with the Sixers for an undisclosed amount. Yeah. The fact that he got any money, and I'm I'm pretty like pro player, obviously, like he signed a contract, but like the fact that he got any money is pretty pretty bad, I think. And I'm sure he got probably Well, yeah, know. it's good for both parties that it's like not public, but it's probably yeah. bad for the NBA, like as a precedent to not know what the status quo is going forward. Yeah, I um, mean, it's it's just hilarious in my opinion. But we getting- want to talk about other teams that haven't been kind of getting slept on, even though they're really good. So here's the premise, okay? Of this episode. Okay, hit me. Which team? You know, every team has every decent team, you know, that was a round two team, like has a chance to win the title. We've seen some surprise title teams before. But like who seen, you actually I guess Toronto. Toronto was kind of surprising. And then I I mean Golden State this year, pre I thought they were pretty surprising, yeah. Was surprising. After we saw them at full strength, I don't think it was so surprising. Like right. we very much wanted to see Golden State and Phoenix because the two of us thought they were the best two teams in the West. Right. But the basic premise is there's only a few, however many, and that's going to be the question, how many actual like title contenders. And that can mean different things for different teams. Like what I take it to mean is, look, right now there are five teams on Bovada with better than 10 to one odds to win the title. I tend to think if you're 10% chance of winning, you're a real title contender. The range, you know, the the number one team on Bovada is only, you know, less than 20%. So like no team, you know, outside of the Durant Warriors is considered like a favorite against the field. But if you're in that 10 to 20 range, you tend to be a real title contender. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't know. There are some teams I think that have like plus. There are a few that, yeah. That are yeah. lower than plus 2000, lower being. Well, let's like see how have. many, how many you say, and it's objective, of course, but. If you want to say, you know, more than 8%, more than 7.5%, more than 5%. Guess, do you want me to guess the ones that they think have a 10% or better sure. chance? Okay. So let's li- listen. Yeah, sure. Well, I know Boston has one. I've seen yeah, this. Boston is plus 450. Yeah. I think Golden State is two, which makes sense yeah. on its face. Plus 600, they are the second highest. 
my guess is my guess is Milwaukee is three. I would assume Milwaukee is close at four plus They're seven. Fourth, interesting. Yeah. A team that you, oh, the, Cl- you, the Clippers, Clippers are probably third. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Clippers are with Golden State plus six hundred. And then I'm gonna guess Phoenix is probably Phoenix third. plus nine fifty. It barely the only one that else uh, that makes the top ten. The Lakers are actually next, oddly, but um, and Brooklyn's still to top nine. But. What are the Lakers' odds to win the title? Fourteen to one. Brooklyn you, right now is sixteen to one. Is there's got to be some. Not to not to take the shine off Bovada for a second, but like there has got to be some website out there that would allow us to like heavily short gambling futures because like I, I I just don't understand like I understand the Lakers being like plus fourteen hundred if you think they can make another move, but like the Lakers as constructed are like they are definitely not better than like Philly and Denver as we'll talk about and they're they're not. They're probably not better than Miami. They're I don't think they're they're definitely not better than like Memphis. So like how I I guess people bet on them and that's why their odds are, are higher. Yeah, like, no, it's, certainly. It's so bad. They're, do you think the Lakers are one of the 15 best teams in the league as constructed? Yeah, but I think they're probably like 12, 13. But then would you rather have uh, their upside though? Is I think the upside is hey, if we can somehow get rid of Westbrook and bring in Kyrie Irving. Right. That's, I still don't think they'll be a top three yeah, team. I don't but, know. Kyrie, Anthony Davis for 50 games and LeBron for 50 games is pretty, pretty good. Pretty freaking good. Well, let's go case by case. So let's, I, cause I initially in my head, I think there's only going to be about five or six, but we'll see. Like, let's start with Boston because they're considered the favorite. I, I was kind of reluctant to, to tab them as a real contender, which is silly because they just made the finals and they got better. Which and they is... got better. They added Malcolm Brogdon, they added Gallinari for whatever that's worth. Um, and then they were just like surging in the second half of last year. Yeah. So like if they continue that momentum, are they the best team in the East? I don't know. Maybe the favorites in the East. I like, think, you, is it well, safe to call them a contender? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely a contender. I think a couple things with Boston that I'm curious as to your take on as well. Like Jason Tatum, I think is pretty like obviously taking a leap into like uh, what top 10 player status. And, and we've sure. talked about this before. Like, there are probably very few players that you would take before Jason Tatum in the long term, but I don't know. And although this is going to sound stupid because I've been arguing this for like six years now, but like, I don't know how many more leaps Jason Tatum has. Right. So if we think that Tatum's like a finished product, then like Jalen Brown has to get a little bit better. And, and he clearly has some flaws that he can improve on like dribbling, for example, or passing on the move. But this Boston team, Brogdon is Definitely, a you know, an upgrade wherever he plays. Like, that's a really good player. But, you know, Horford might not be better this year than he was last year. He might be worse, right, at some point. Well, it's safe bad when he's like 37 or right. And then Gallinari, who I think in the right system is still quite a good offensive player. Like, I don't know how many, like, minutes Gallinari is going to be able to give you in a tough playoff series when a team goes small. Now, they are fortunate, like, having Robert Williams – protecting the rim will will protect Gallinari quite a bit, but Boston isn't really taking guys that we know to be bad defenders and turning them into good defenders. They have guys that we know to be good defenders and they're turning them into like a great team defense and sticking a guy like Gallinari in there. It it could make them worse defensively in his minutes, obviously. and, And how do they balance that? Because we did see how good this team was defensively, but then when they needed to take it to another level offensively, they were not able to do that. Whereas like Golden State was able to just kind of produce the same offensive output against them every game. And so Boston needed to get better on offense and they made that change, but did they do it 
in lieu of their defense. And I think that is an interesting thing to to look at moving forward. But yeah. They're definitely a contender, 100%. I know I took 20 minutes to answer. No, I because I, I feel like oddly conflicted about that in the sense that <laughs> this doesn't sound so dumb, but because statistically they were the best team in the NBA last year based on advanced stats. Yeah, and, and like far and away the best team in the second right. half of the year. But at the same time, knowing that, I still question their sort of upside. And you're like, how can you get better than the best team? You know, that's your upside. But I still, you know, they beat, they were impressively beat Brooklyn 4 0, even though Brooklyn was shorthanded. And it was a close, I mean, it was a close series, even though it was a sweep. Yeah. They, be, you know, they beat Milwaukee shorthanded. They barely beat Miami. Right. They beat Milwaukee shorthanded good. in seven, which again, they got to play game seven at home, right? And Tatum had yeah. a great game six in Milwaukee when they were on the ropes, but they won that series. They and I beat- thought they were pretty outplayed by Golden State, too. So I didn't look at that team as like, they matched their sort of um, reputation on the court or their advanced stats. And and then also just the debate of like depth wise, they got a lot better, but you're probably not going to play. Like what's the sum of their parts? Like Marker smart, Derek white, Malcolm Brogdon. Those are all like B plus players. Yeah. And, and Brogdon's then, no, no young guy and no, like, I mean, he's not a defensive, like mastermind anyway. And obviously like, you know, they, they gave away very little, but like my point is like, like Brogdon, White, Smart, that combination, if three B plus players, that doesn't make you an A, you know, like especially in the playoffs. It helps more in the regular season. But like who I mean, are they going to play? Brogdon, like, who's, who's like their closing? Smart and Brogdon? I, I mean, we don't know. I think it will. First of all, can Malcolm Brogdon play a reasonably full season? Is one thing, right? Right. And I'd also question that about Robert Williams, who's been hurt. Al Horford, who's just old. Yeah, Williams is the guy to me that like could take another step. He's a lot more skilled, I think, than people give him credit for. And and I I think there was like a legitimate argument that in the playoffs, you know, they obviously couldn't play him every game. He was banged up. He was coming off injury, whatever. But like there were definitely games where Robert Williams was. I don't know if he was their best player, but like their most impactful guy, both yeah, on offense and, I, and defense. I think he might be the favorite for defensive player of the year, which is funny because smart one smart last one year. This year. Yeah, I think. Um, so, but the, let's say contender, right? I mean, but the, other, the other thing too, real quick with the, Jason Tatum can be better in the playoffs, right? We have this like lasting image of like Tatum getting outplayed by Andrew Wiggins. And I don't think there's anybody in America who thinks or Canada, probably, probably maybe some people in Canada think Wiggins is better, but you know, it's tough when Tatum is supposed to be this top 10 guy. And he like, wasn't one of the best. I mean, was he the third best player in the Celtics Warriors series? I don't think so. Jalen no. Brown was better than him in a lot of spots. Like, Yeah. He, and he was just like having so much trouble finishing or whatever. Yeah. And he had such a good game one where he didn't shoot it well. And then he had a couple other like pretty good shooting performances. But like, again, he got outplayed by Andrew Wiggins. And like, that's a problem to me. And so maybe he can get better in that regard. But I do think Tatum's play style in the playoffs doesn't, necessarily lead to more wins although he can carry you in a playoff series so i don't know maybe i'm an idiot well, but yeah contender yeah and I, let me skip actually ahead in terms of the bovada rankings because i think they're obvious okay yes i think they're a little overrated but yes to let's skip down to another team in the east milwaukee who has worse mm-hmm. odds but i'm like they're the kind of the opposite because i'm like i question their depth but their high-end upside i think is just higher because of Giannis and you bring in healthy Chris Middleton. Um, you still have Drew's, you know. Drew's fine. really good. I, I feel like they didn't do enough to improve, but I just wonder if the status quo is enough to potentially win another title. Yeah, I mean, I think we both agree that with Chris Middleton, they very likely win the Boston series, right? I mean, that that's one of the I biggest think so, things. Yeah. 
like Boston, they did have fortunate, I guess, like a fortunate run of who they played. And now they obviously had to play very good teams. Like Miami was the one seed, whatever, but, you know, but they, they finally got Golden State, who was fully healthy at that point. But like getting to play Milwaukee without Chris Middleton, when we know the one thing that they do struggle at is like really being able to score in a slowed down environment, like that's a big deal. So, yeah. Milwaukee to me is a definite contender. Uh, their only real like addition, right, is like they re-signed Bobby Portis for more money, which we expected to happen. But like their only real addition is Joe Ingles, right? Yeah, they I mean, they, re- they re-signed Ingles. Serge Ibaka and they re-signed. I think they re-signed Wes Matthews too, right? So, yeah, and you w- want them to get a little better at that spot. Grayson Allen, Pat Connington, Matthews—they're all like yeah, it was minus tough. players. Yeah, Gray- Grayson Allen is a. No, 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 no. What minus players? What are you talking no, about? No, B minus. If oh, I said B-. the, the yeah, Boston yeah, yeah. guys are B plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I think that, you know, expecting Joe Ingles to be like a really good player at his age coming off an ACL injury is probably a fool's errand. But if he can come in and be a secondary ball handler creator for like 10 to 15 minutes, that's really important, right? Because I think in the Boston series, and we talked about this at the time, and you talked about it a lot, like they aren't deep enough without Chris Middleton. And I was like, well, right. they lost their second best player. But the real issue is that like, you know, Grayson Allen, George Hill, like Javon Carter, Wes Matthews, like those guys cannot be a second unit creator. They're good shooters. They can do a lot of good things, but like they need somebody to be another ball handler when Giannis and Drew and Chris Middleton aren't there. And that's why like they're, to me, like very opposite of Boston who has great depth. Milwaukee, they feel very dependent on their three stars, like all staying healthy. Here's the thing. I think, you know, again, we've we've argued this till we're blue in the face, like who's the best player in the league. But like Giannis is at peak LeBron levels, in yeah. my opinion, where like if Giannis is healthy and there's no reason to think he won't, he basically played through a torn ACL and won a championship. But like they're going to win 50 ish games and be a contender. That's just the bottom line. He's yeah. so good every single night. And it's we, we take it for granted. Like, that's what yeah. I mean by peak LeBron levels. Like, he's just he's so I, yeah, good. I don't it's even like, think there's home. a. You're just, I'll make a bolder statement. I don't even think there's a question. Like, if you had to rank players, and I think regular season numbers, you could maybe argue Jokic, but we've seen Giannis win a title. He's putting up historically good numbers yeah, for like four years in a row. Like, I think he's clearly like the number the best, one guy right now. I think he's the best player in the NBA on a night in and night out basis. And, yeah, and Jokic, he's the guy who Jokic will play right there. Jokic is sure. Right there. But so Boston, Milwaukee, yes, yes. Let's stay in the East actually, because to make it easy, the next team they have. Two that are sort of fringe title contenders based on our metrics, theoretically. Miami's plus 1,400, 14 to 1, and Philly is 15 to 1. Okay. Let me go in reverse order because I happen to think that Philly is better uh, than Miami. So let me start with Philly, who I have as firmly in the contender ranks, like to win the Eastern Conference and potentially win a title. So, a couple things to keep in mind here. One, Joel Embiid's health. We are we we're basically what two seasons into him, like pretty much being available whenever they need him, right? I mean, I know he got hurt against the Hawks two years ago, but like he was pretty available this year. Want to you know finish runner up in the MVP? I think James Harden is going to be better with a full season to rehab, but they also like very clearly got better around the margins, right? Danny Green tore his ACL, but by the end of the year, he had kind of fallen out of favor, so. They trade their first round pick for DeAnthony Melton, who is going to be a real big key for them as like a second unit point guard and a defender. And then they also sign PJ Tucker. And Daniel House, who's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think they are still, there is still an issue. Like, what do they do in terms of like a backup five man, right? Like Charles Bassey and Paul Reed are probably not the answers there. But 
you know, you can play PJ Tucker in like a pinch as your backup five. I I mean, I think the real thing is like, does James Harden settle in as a top 20 guy as like a consistent top 20 guy rather than the peaks and valleys where we'd see like, Oh, one game he's back to old James Harden. And then the next game, it's like, he's got no burst. He can't finish at the rim. He's not creating. Cause I, I think Tyrese Maxey will continue to score. And I think, Harden will make guys a lot better, but at a certain point in the playoffs, Harden's going to have to be able to score as well. And and I I don't I can't tell you for sure if I think he's going to be able to do that or not. But I think that this team on talent alone is as good as Milwaukee and Boston and better than Miami, in my opinion. I think they're very clearly a title contender. And at like what are they like plus fifteen hundred? I think that's yeah. pretty good odds, honestly, because I think and their over under is about fifty. Well, they may start the season like. You know, this is a team that could come out of the gate really hot, especially because there's not a ton of changes and Harden has, you know, a whole summer to integrate. Like they could be like 11 and one and like all of a sudden their title odds are like, you know, sure. 600. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not, you know, you're you're ahead of the curve on the Harden love, but I think the hate's gone too far. Yeah, Even he's still, at like the he's, old, he's slow, good. bad one, he's still like a good playmaker. And like this is, I agree with all the supporting castings. Their depth is so much better this year. They do need to figure out, Zan, like they got to figure out like what they're doing with like, all right, is Matisse Thibel, like, is he part of the future? Like is four guys. I think, is- yeah, I, I I would be more optimistic if they're like, look, he's just never going to be a shooter. Like I'm not going to build around him. Yeah. And then Korkmaz, you know, they paid him what, 5 million last year. And he just had a fell off a cliff as a shooter. Like he's got to make some shots. And then you still have Niang who does kind of what he does. But that that's kind of the issue is those guys as you're like, I guess like eight, nine, ten, or whatever. You know, you, you ideally like you'd like Shake Milton to take a, a step forward. You'd like, you know, Isaiah Joe maybe to make a shot or two in the in the NBA. But I think they, they they're going to have to figure out one more guy, in my opinion, to really, maybe. really like feel great. Well, I think it. I'm high on Melton, who you've been high on for a long time. I even when he was like out of the league, I think you were hyping him up, or before he was getting any minutes. Yeah, on Houston. Um, the I would say this about Philly: if Harden is just like the sluggish Harden we're seeing. I still think they're going to win 50 games. They're going to be good. Yeah. And if he's, you know, 20% better, whatever, like, I think they're going to win 60 games. I, I think they might be the number one seed. This, this, had, this, this does have like 17, 18 Rockets vibes to it. Yeah, if sure. they get good health, I agree. Yeah. And that, uh, you're right. That's contingent on Embiid playing 70 games. But I and, think, and, and Harden being able to play, you know, the typical 82, like 37 minutes a night, like he's done in the past. And we might not have that guy anymore. Yeah. But I totally agree. The idea that they're below Miami. It seems wrong. I mean, if you're a forward-thinking analyst as opposed yeah, to just looking at the box score from last year. It's probably baking in variability, right? Because, like, with Miami, you you sort of know what you're getting, right? You're going to get 55 to 60 games of Jimmy Butler. You're going to get Bam. Like, But, like, this Sixers team, you know, now that they have a legitimate, like, backup point guard who can play on the ball and off the ball, plus another year of Tyrese Maxey, like, it just feels like their ceiling is... I, I honestly feel like they have the highest ceiling in the East, in my opinion. Yeah, well, Miami won 53 last year, number one seed, did make the conference finals and did pretty well, retained basically everyone, right? Except for P.J. Tucker, who I don't think matters that much. Um, yeah, we should caveat that. Like, at some point, P.J. Tucker is going to be not a plus. We were talking, we were writing his obituary like two and a half years uh, Yeah, I thought he was bad for Milwaukee <laughs> when they won the title. Um. But yeah, Miami just questioned the upside. Like, how do they get much better? Yeah. So here's here's the thing with Miami, right? Like, so 
they gave your boy Victor Oladipo a one-year, right? Two-year yeah. deal or one-year deal? Whatever. They gave Victor Oladipo like their mid-level exception. They are still sitting on that Duncan Robinson like $17 million a year deal, which is a killer because he wasn't playing in the playoffs. But I guess your hope is that Victor Oladipo, who looked like he was all the way back athletically, gives you another gear on the defensive side of the ball. But they were already really good on the defensive yeah, side of the ball. Yeah, he did look so- good in flashes. Yeah, he just couldn't finish. And then obviously the shooting is still exactly what and, you've said it's been. Yeah, I'm just wondering where the leaps come from. Because like Bam, great all-around player. But like I think there was one game, who's it against Boston where he had one big offensive game? And I'm like, this is the first time I've seen him be like the best player in a game. Yeah, offensively he, he like doesn't, he just doesn't do that all the time he doesn't you dominate know? the way that like you'd appreciate a guy on a max deal to be able to do and now again you know he does on a very regular basis dominate on the defensive side of the ball like he is really really good but like they paid Caleb Martin which made sense and I don't know maybe they'll scrape a guy off like the scrap heap who ends up being a really good player for them but unless Tyler Hero is going to take an even bigger leap than he did which is kind of being a volume sixth man guy I don't know that the, that Miami is going to be a lot better. And that 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 being said, they, like, they do have the option of trading for Durian or Donovan Mitchell. Who knows? Um, does Donovan the other teams- Mitchell make them better? I mean, like Kyle is a really good player and was quite good for them last year, and then all of a sudden was just done. And I think this is an old team. I, I mean, they're not that old, I guess. But like Jimmy Butler's not a young guy. Kyle is not a young guy. And then like, I, I mean, Victor Oladipo. What do you really expect from him? If we're expecting him to be a wild card, it seems very, very. I, I would say it's a very, very pessimistic viewpoint for me. But like you've been saying for years that his like 2016 or whatever was like an outlier, right? But his range of outcomes, like I don't even think that's in it, right? Like I don't even think if he's the best player he can possibly be coming off injury that he's a third team All NBA guy. That I don't think he has that in him anymore. No, I think you know he'd almost be the kind of guy who'd be better if you play him like every other night. And see if he can keep his energy up. So we're we're in agreement. Yes on Boston. Yes Milwaukee. Yes Philly. And then no, I guess I, on I don't think Miami. Miami. I don't think Miami can win the title. I, I do. Do you want to make an argument for team in terms of teams with upside? Toronto won forty eight last year. Scotty Barnes should be better year two. Atlanta Brooklyn has the most added. Brooklyn has, Murray. Brooklyn has the most upside. But if they just keep if it together, they decide to play right. They have. Durant, Kyrie, I just don't know if that's even realistic at this point. No, but they got it's it's weird too because like they got better in the offseason, right? Like they added, you know, Royce. Well, we we have a moratorium on Durant talk. So we're only gonna say three in the East, okay? Um yeah, I don't think Toronto and Toronto and Atlanta are probably the two most reasonable teams to throw in there, right? I don't think we're missing any. Toronto's a team that could like make the conference finals and maybe make the finals, but like, yeah, I I wouldn't classify them as like a 10%. Yeah, they added, I mean, they added added Otto Porter, really, you know, clever move, I think, like for for somewhat cheap. They re signed Chris Boucher, but uh, Porter's the only big difference. I mean, I don't think they're a title contender, but no, because like they're going to be a good team, though. What Scotty Barnes is like real upside, like, He's not going to be like a high usage, like a high scoring creator. I will say, by the way, for years, you've told me that Pascal Siakam's like not that good. And yeah, I know, he, he played well. And, and I know in the bubble, he had like a real rough playoffs, right? Yeah. But like Pascal Siakam is a very, very good NBA player. Like probably one of the 20 best players in the NBA. Yeah, he had a b- better year than people talk about. I agree. Was he second um, team all NBA? Yeah, I think he's, I think he or maybe third. Snuck I think third. third. Um, okay, moving to the West. I, well, hold on. Can we talk about Atlanta or do you not think they're a contender either? I didn't think they're pl- four, 45 to one to win the title. So 
Wow. The elite. That seems really um, low. That's that's low. low. But they added Murray, and that's pretty much. I guess it, my right? question to you is: Do they? Have- Who's been like wilding out this summer and like yeah, talking he's, uh, Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh... <laughs> Why? Why is he getting into a Paolo Bancaro? Like I, I don't know. He's he's like. Do you really like want to? Do you really want to pick like the the like nineteen year old like rookie on a team that's going to win like fifteen games? And I know they're from C- they're both from like Seattle, so like yeah. I, I get that they know each other, but like I'm not really sure why like that's where he decided to draw his line in the sand. It's weird. And then the other thing that scares me about Murray, they added him to be like this like stopper basically. And complimentary score, but how much does he weigh? He looks like he's like one seventy or something. He's, he's a thin guy, but long—I mean, long wingspan. We know how good. He yeah, is but how many guys can he really guard? Like he can't guard like, you know, can he guard Jalen Brown? Even I don't know. Yeah, probably. You just make him dribble. Yeah, that's make, true. Dri- make Jalen Brown dribble with his left hand, and that's it. Make Tyrese Maxey have to pass the ball on the move. And, and but yeah, Atlanta know. calling them a title contender, I think, is too big of a stretch. I'm, even I'm, I'm curious. Do you think? Do you think that John Collins will be on the Atlanta Hawks after this year's trade deadline is my question. Like, because Atlanta could be a really good regular season team, right? They should be pretty fun. They've got some good offensive players. I I, I mean, you know me. I, I kind of soured a little bit on A.J. Griffin in terms of what yeah. I think he can give you right away. I do think, you know, the upside is there if he becomes this guy. But, I mean, he's. I don't think he's going to play, like, meaningful wing minutes for them this year. But DeAndre Hunter is a very good player. Bogdanovich, Murray, Capella, Collins, Trey Young, Akongwu, Justin Holiday. Those guys are all good, right? Like that's a really good top eight. So, but I just wonder, like the John I Collins, want, Trey, John yeah. Collins, Trey Young thing seems to be like a little bit of a sleeping giant where it just it's it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then we always hear it's not. And at some point, that's going to come to a head, I think. Well, and yeah, there's like, what's the next shoe to drop? Because they're like, okay, Murray is our answer, and if he's not the answer, what's the next move? Is it? You know, trading John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, I think could get traded if he just doesn't like consistently play as well as he plays sometimes. Yeah, firing Nate McMillan is always a good fallback option. I think that actually might not be the worst plan. Yeah. Um, what do you think about real quick before we transition? I I I agree with you in not listing like Chicago as a contender. Sure. But what do you think about Cleveland? Like we're talking they- about. I think you're missing the point here title contenders you're really no no i understand i'm asking you do you think cleveland has like a another leap in them to to be one They're of the better teams in the- to one to win the title um yeah i think they could take a leap but i think that we're t- there in that atlanta category you okay. know, where it's that's like fair. we're trying I'm to make curious the, they top six been, or whatever. The, the other thing that's kind of interesting is like colin sexton like is not currently under contract so like right. i just wonder what's going to happen with that because like you you would assume that they would be better with colin sexton but we don't know they might be worse and so that's kind of where there's some variability with Cleveland that, that kind of makes them interesting to me. But yeah, I, I agree. That, that's a good point. I mean, that's like an interesting side topic. Like, cause if you're Colin Sexton, I, I, I was listening to some podcast, I think it was Chris Mannix being like, you know, suck it up, play, prove that you're a good sixth man. And if you're Colin Sexton, you're like, I just averaged like 24 points a <laughs> yeah, game. And I tore my ACL or whatever. Like I, I deserve to get paid. I agree. Right. Well, and it, like, I don't want to accept being a sixth man. I'm 23 or whatever the hell I am. Like I, I want more money than that. Yeah. Um. So it maybe it doesn't help him to go back there and be the sixth man. Maybe he should like sit out a season or something. I don't know. Um. Okay. In the West, Golden State's listed six to one. 
got a little worse, I would say. Lost some role players, but you would still consider them a contender, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, they're definitely a contender, 100%, right? So a couple things with Golden State. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo seems like a very scary under-the-radar move for them. Like, he's very good. I don't really know what happened in Sacramento, but we almost, like, never know what happens in Sacramento, right? Like, I feel like we've said that a couple different times. Um, I wonder if Andrew Wiggins... You know, Golden State is interesting in the sense that their front office, they like to take a lot of credit, but they also deserve a lot of credit, right? Like, like Joe Joe Lacoub and uh, whatever the other dude's name is. I can't Goober, remember. yeah. I can't remember. Or Bob Myers. Bob Myers. Yeah, Bob yeah. Myers. They are very uh, confident in their abilities, and they've delivered four titles in eight years, with only this one being, like, a, a true, true surprise, I think. Although the first one was pretty surprising. But, like, they could trade Andrew Wiggins in the middle of the year if like they don't think they can sign in to an extension and they don't want to pay more luxury tax. And so I'm not saying that I think they're not a contender, but like, I think like penciling in Andrew Wiggins to be, you know, a start an, an all-star again and like the best, the second best player in a playoff series. I, I don't necessarily know if I see that. And if you're golden state and you look at it and you're like, well, we've got Jordan pool here that we're going to have to pay at some point. We've got Kaminga, we've got Moses Moody. Like we got to figure it out. They could maybe trade Wiggins, but they're still really good. Like, they signed you Michael Green to a minimum deal, signed DiVincenzo, re-signed Kevon Looney, and then we just have Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moses Mooney just like sitting in the wings that like has lotto tickets, right? So how can yeah, they not but be contenders? They'll be contenders, but I do wonder if they're like a little stagnation. And then I think it's less trading Andrew Wiggins, more like, look, we we're trying to do the best of both worlds, contend now, contend later. But we're going into year three of Wiseman. He's making like $10 million a year. Like yeah, at what point we're money. like, it's not really worth, you know, and he's a depreciating asset. He I has think, to play at some point. Like we have to see him in a meaningful game. We haven't seen that yet. Like yeah. James Wiseman has made what, like $30 million Zan. And he's played how many legitimate basketball games since his freshman year in college. Well, like, and also what, it. like, like you talk about assets, just add assets, like depreciating assets are, are a thing. Like, what do you think? let's say next year's draft, somebody comes in here, I'll give you this pick for James Weissman right now. What pick would that be? I don't know. Not a first. Like 10? Who's, who's, who's taking a first round pick for James Wiseman? I think he could get like the 10 pick, 12, 14, like, but not higher than that. I don't know, Zan. I truly have no idea. Yeah. I'll so you're talking you. about a guy who was the number two pick. So like, it's not like just adding assets is not and I will always say too, working in like, your favor. They're paying Clay Thompson $40 million. And Clay Thompson was an okay player on his way back from injury. He certainly wasn't old Clay Thompson. There was none of this game six Clay nonsense, although he did make some big shots. He couldn't guard the way that he did before. And, and I do worry a little bit about Clay Thompson holding up for an entire season. Yeah. Too. So I don't and think staff has been hurt. And, and I don't think been that, hurt. you would, you would doubt that their plan would be even to play Clay Thompson tons of minutes every single right. day. Or know? any of those guys like Jordan Poole gives them the luxury there. But like, yeah, I think plus 600, I think is high. I mean, you know, optimistic in the sense that I think it's lower. And I don't think they're the best team in the West. Just to be right, I think in terms of like regular season, I would be bearish. What's the downside? Bearish. Yeah. Bull market. Just is. based on the age, based on, you know, losing. Yeah, I mean, I think Phoenix players. should be considered the favorite to win the West again. But I also think the Clippers are. Their roster is more talented, in my opinion, if everybody plays. And again, the, the other thing, too, is like I have been a very ardent Draymond Green defender. And I, again, after he got benched and you were kind of like dancing on his grave in the finals, he then delivered like, you know, 
one good game (laughs) like three vintage draymond performances back to back well like two games and then a four minute stretch where you're like oh this is why this guy's all of famer but like do we really is draymond like really still the guy defensively like he can't play a full season either and so yeah it's while the warriors and he's now he's talking he wants like a new max or something it's like i mean i i can't imagine like look here's the thing golden state has given their fans just like 10 years of of just like pretty much great basketball with the exception of like this Steph gets hurt year and Clay Thompson gets hurt, but like maxing Draymond green at like 33 years old, like he's earned it, but like you, you don't do that if you want, if you want to be good. Um, let's talk about Clippers. I think we'll just like grant really quick, but just let me give you the depth on the team. Reggie Jackson, John wall. How many playable guys is this? Reggie Jackson, John wall. That's two. Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. Their entire roster, except for, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable with Brandon Boston or Jason Preston. Everybody oh, yeah. else who's a guaranteed contract, <laughs> I think you can play. Paul George, Nick Patum, Robert Covington, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Zubak. They lost Hart and Seen, which might hurt a little bit, but they're like 10 deep. And, they're you know, if Kawhi's, yeah. you know, back, then they're a title contender for sure. They probably, know. I think they're, they're probably the favorite, to be honest. We've said this for years now, though. Yeah. Like, hey, if it yeah. happens for the Clippers, like, you know, they're going to be the best. But I, I mean, I agree with you. Like, even like Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey as just like wings that can make shots off the bench, like really good players. I don't know what John Wall has in the tank. Like, I don't know if John Wall and Reggie Jackson are going to be the same type of guy. And, and then you kind of worry about the duplicative factor of playing sure. them. Like, they certainly can't. I would imagine not play together. And the other thing with wall, you know, it's hard for me to speak critically about John, but you know, he's not some like fantastic defender. Like one of the reasons like Reggie Jackson worked is the Clippers believed in him, but he like bought into changing his play style, right? Like worked on his jumper, like started to defend, like bought into playing more of that kind of like drew holiday role. Cause Reggie Jackson was a horrendous defender too. And now he's like, not like he's an okay defender. Right. And so I don't think like I saw some clips of like Wall coming in saying like oh well they've got Kawhi and they've got Paul George so I get to be the third guy and it's like bro you're probably not penciled in as the third guy you know so I think that Wall can be a really good piece for them I have heard athletically he's the same guy but again it's been you know two years since he's played meaningful games and so I love the idea though if he comes off the bench throwing passes to Luke Kennard. I think oh, that's pretty re- good. I mean, the one the one thing that he does is he gets guys open shots. So, like, if he's bought into that role, and I do think there is a, a, a level of, like, chip on his shoulder, John Wall, that is, like, really fun to watch. And so if he's bought into that role, which I think he may be, he could come out, like, ready to just kill dudes, which is interesting for them. But, yeah, like, yeah. the Clippers are the like Clippers are backup, exactly sorry. The Clippers are exactly how I would – construct an nba 2k team to play like just a, a bunch of shooters and a bunch of wings yeah definitely um so they're contender phoenix is interesting because they've slipped to odds wise fifth plus 950 but it's the same team that was just the one seed so did they lose anything not really javel mcgee was he on the team last year i don't even remember he was on the team last year but they have yumbo they're trusting with that spot right they gave yumbo some like legitimate money so like what they brought in Damian Lee. I didn't see that. Um, Fine deal. Tory Craig still probably makes too much, but, but like, what do you do with this team? So we just saw him joke, but statistically they were, you know, a top two team, top three team. So how do you not call them a contender again? I mean, I think they're a contender, but I think until we see them win a title, it's going to be really hard to ignore game seven against Dallas where they just, they just 
didn't have it. You know, Chris Paul, I think it's foolish to think that he can hold up at this point through the playoffs of a full season. Like he's probably the one guy I would say, Zan, you know, you used to, you used to peddle your theory about like how Embiid should sit out like the first three months. No. Yeah. Year. I think Blake J. Harris, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. I thought, but like, yeah. that's what I would do with Chris Paul, I think. Cause you know, Booker and Aiton and Bridges and Crowder and Shamit and campaign, like those guys are good enough to win you enough games. And like you bring Chris Paul in at like game 40 with the runway yeah. to kind of like, well, shouldn't shouldn't the Clippers think about that with Kawhi too? If you're good I enough, even, I don't even know what to do with Kawhi. But the, the Suns are a contender. This is a super simple one. How are they not a contender? Do okay, you but really? then, but here's my counter argument: If they're a contender, how do you not include Dallas then, who just beat them? Well, Dallas lost, maybe got worse. Yeah, they lost Jalen Brunson, added Christian Wood. They're there. They added Javale McGee. There you go. There he is. Dallas, Dallas could be a contender. I, I, I have a hard time seeing Dallas. I, they're know. pretty good. Like to they're go over the good, roster yeah. is like Luca's just like a movable piece, but you have Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway is going to be. I'm back. sorry, he's a what? He's a movable piece. Well, I'm just saying, like, what position would you? Oh, consider? oh, you can play him everywhere. I thought you were like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you can no, trade no, Luca. Like, yeah, no yeah, shit. Yeah. Everybody in the league would want to trade for <laughs> trade it for him. <laughs> um, two wings: Finney Smith, Bullock, good defenders. Christian Wood, Davis Bertans. Yeah, I'm curious. Things pretty good. Year two, year two of Jason Kidd, they got a lot better defensively. They lose Jalen Brunson, but Dinwiddie was pretty good, and they get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. So I am not. sure. Do you sure. think Christian Wood helps or hurts? Because you know he's defensively not great. I really don't know. I mean, he definitely gives likes them more to score. Options. Like he definitely yeah. gives them more options. This team is good because yeah. I think they were limited. Like Dwight Powell is like okay, but like he was limited in the playoffs. Yeah, they couldn't play Dwight Powell. Like that's the one contract they probably would want to get off cuz like they play Kleba as a small ball 5 a lot in the playoffs and I'm I'm sure they expect that to be Christian Wood and then like I, you know what I'm going to lead to not a contender for this reason. It's just hard for me to think I like Christian Wood. I hyped him up when he was like a fringe you, guy. You love Christian Wood. But I didn't, I mean, if he's like your second leading scorer, like, is that a title contender? Do you, do you think that he's going to be their second leading scorer? I don't, Possibly. I don't know. They, they could have Tim a bunch Hardaway, of, I guess. they could have a bunch of guys average between like 14 and 18 points. And then Luca yeah, averages like any 30. Of them, none of them are second banana, like Dinwiddie, Hardaway, like any of those guys are well, second I, I, player. I think we're, it's interesting. Dallas like, is who do you think like Hardaway is going to be this? He might come off the bench. I don't even know. I really like this discussion, Zandrick. I'm I'm excited that you proposed this as the show today because it's making me like think critically about some teams that I haven't paid a lot of attention to. But Dallas appears to be trying to like not have a true second option, right? Have a number of different people that like together combine to be a second option, right? So one night it's Spencer Dinwiddie when he's got it going. One night it's you know Tim Hardaway Jr. One night it's Christian Wood. And then you just know you always have Luca, and then like randomly, you know, we, we're going to see a night where Bertans makes like nine threes. He he has that in him. So yeah. I actually think like from a depth perspective, and then with Javale McGee as a pick and roll guy, like I I actually like this team quite a bit. And I don't know that I thought that before I started actually like looking at the roster. Yeah, I feel the opposite, minutes. where I feel like that formula is a good formula to. Win. Get to the finals? No, to win MVP like James Harden style, put up crazy stats. I just don't know. It's, it's, I just... it's unfair though to make that comparison because like th- this team is good, and and I agree with you a little bit in terms of like the James Harden thing. But like those James Harden, like those Rockets teams had a like Chris Paul was like very clearly the second guy, right? That's the, true. This team doesn't really have that, and it's 
you know, even like the LeBron teams that were kind of built in that regard, like, you know, you had your Mo Williams or whatever, and like, it wasn't very good, but so we're kind of like caught up in this whole like second or third star thing, but maybe this is the right way to play with Luca. Well, it's, you have a bunch of pretty good hmm. players. Rather well, they tried than like, getting a second star with Porzingis, and it just didn't work. Right, and but 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 you know what I'm saying, right? It's like rather than paying one other guy 35 million, right? You've got mm. like three guys, a bunch of like 15 million guys. Yeah, and maybe you maybe you're able to cobble together a little bit better depth. And I think it, that again, works. That works if Luke is LeBron, which he might be. Which he might be. Yeah. If I mean, he's not, if he's just like you know a notch below that, then it doesn't work. Let me ask you a question. This is what year for Luca? This is year five. Yeah. So third year in a row, he's been the favorite for MVP. Yeah. I mean, his numbers through. I mean, it's it's insane how good Luca Doncic is. Um, this is year five for him. He's twenty three years old. Yeah. I mean, this would probably be the the year if you're expecting him to take an, another leap. Like with him, he doesn't have the defensive leap. I think that LeBron was able to take, and LeBron obviously improved quite a bit as a shooter, but. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's more of like fitness, consistency. He's playing all summer too. Like, I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be a contender because we wouldn't really expect him to be able to like, he always starts slow. And then all of a sudden the second half of the year, we're like, oh shit, Dallas is really good because he's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible that they're a top four team and he's MVP. I'm saying no to contender though. Still, I think they're a contender. I still can't believe that he was the third pick in the draft. It's It's really hard to like, it's, it's really hard to look at the draft. And De- DeAndre Ayton's a really good player. And, well, all right. Safe. Well, you say yes to Dallas. I'll I think Dallas. Another is, team. I think Dallas is contender. I think Denver. I'm going to say is better than Dallas, and I'll give you my argument and why I think they are a contender. Coming up next, Adam, first you take, already um, bet. You already bet on Denver. First of yeah. all, you should disclose that information. <laughs> but here's my argument: Jokic does not have like the pretty play points that Luca does, but statistically, he's been better than Luka. yeah. He's better than Luca. I agree. He's better than Luca. And then you have legitimate like. 20 point guys and Jamal Murray coming back. Hopefully Michael Porter, they come back healthy. How, how Jamal Murray is like supposedly going to be on a minutes restriction. We haven't even heard if he's going to play right away, but I mean, he's missed all last year. Come on, suck it up. <laughs> um, so those two guys are legit, like lighted up guys on any given night. And the reason I really like Denver this year is like, I just think they added enough around them. Like KCP, they added Bruce Brown, your guy. Um, you know, DeAndre Jordan. Okay. <laughs> Bones, I think the key to the team is going to be two things. Yeah, Bones Highland is a, is a big Bo- Can Bones Highland play? Like Monty Morris, they lost, who was solid. Um, And then, yeah, like we mentioned it before, but like the fact that they added DeAndre Jordan and they have Jeff Green still, like it just makes me doubt like their coaching staff. They, and, did, re- they did re-sign uh, Austin Rivers, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that he... No, I don't think so. I think he went to Minnesota to follow Tim Curry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, But, I mean, look, the bottom line is that, I said it before the show, they won 48 games last year without two guys that are like fringe all-stars, I think. So okay, you well, add them easy, to the easy all-star so? for Michael Porter. Jamal Murray is legitimately great. Michael Porter averaged like 25 points a game or something when he was playing. Let me look up his stats. For his like stats a, are like for, off the charts. For like a specific subset of games, yes. Like he did do that, but no, I agree. He averaged 19, 19 only, but that year he had really good shooter. Points. He shot like 45% from three. Like Yes, his true shooting percentage that year you know, the last time we saw him healthy and maybe the last time we'll ever see him healthy, who knows, 
but he averaged um let me find this i mean it's something like ungodly it's it was 66 percent true shooting okay if we can if he ever plays again like maybe you know he'll be pretty good and he wasn't great last year obviously before he, no, got he was bad before so i'm not disagreeing with you in the fact that denver again should be a contender but like in my opinion we should treat denver like we think we're treating Brooklyn because like there, there are a lot of things up in the air about this. Like Jamal Murray might not be the same guy. Michael Porter, who knows if his back holds up. Aaron Gordon's a very good player. KCP really good rotation player. I think Bruce Brown actually makes a ton of sense with, sure. with Jokic. Cause like you don't need to play Bruce Brown as a small ball five, but then they also have Jeff green in that role. And I, I agree. Like bones Highland seems like he can be a second unit scorer. And if he's that guy, that makes them really, really interesting. Cause then you're not necessarily looking to like, Filling as many gaps, but well, and also no one talks about Aaron Gordon anymore. But I think he's a good compliment to yeah. Michael Porter. Like he'll guard the better guy. Yeah, this uh, team is really good, and they have the best one. Of I the think best they have title upside. The yeah, uh, I think they have, definitely have title upside. I think they have number one seed potential. I think Jokic obviously. I don't think he's going to win MVP again because there's other scores. Yeah, it's now, hard but, to it's hard to see. Uh, Three MVPs in a row would be. But I feel like that that's part of, part of the reason we construct the show like this. Like, I think they're in the same boat as Philly. I think they're underrated. 18 to 1 odds to win the title. I, I think, think I like it. have a threat to be the number one seed. I think I like Dallas's roster better than I like Denver's. Do you want to do a bet? Gentleman's bet on the side? Yeah, we can probably do that. I don't want to I don't want to do it right now though. But we can But yeah, I mean Denver certainly has downside too. Like if those guys don't stay healthy. I just don't. It's it's I'm not so like worried about Jamal Murray, but like, I am very concerned about Michael Porter. Like it's been one thing after another, you know, and it's not his fault. Like, but it is I, kind of his fault. Isn't he like a non-vaxxer? Who doesn't well, I, don't, I don't know that everything. I don't know that he could get a vaccine for his like back nerves, you know, but if he's a vegan too, apparently. Right. Well, that's, you know, I mean, maybe, he, you know, he, he likes to eat clean. All right. Let's talk about the two other teams. I think that you could credibly sure. put in the contender tier. One of which I think is not a surprise. And I think Minnesota. there's a few that you could argue. Yeah. Minnesota. I think we would both agree. And then I, I know you want to talk about new Orleans. I think Wait, sorry, you would agree that they are a contender or not. Minnesota, I think needs to be at least mentioned in the, are they a contender? Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? I'm going to say that. Man, I'm going to say I think Minnesota is a contender. Like, the West is so good. Like, the West, like, I, I think Minnesota is better than the Lakers, you know? Like, yeah, but the- it's, it's, it's going to be a really interesting um, experiment with Rudy and Carl Towns. I think obviously Rudy guarantees that you're going to have a pretty good defense. And then they added Kyle Anderson. The big key is like, is Anthony Edwards, you now seem to think Anthony Edwards is like the most overrated player in the NBA just because people really like him as a person. Yes, I agree with that. He is really, as a second year guy, he showed a a lot more than he showed as a rookie, right? I think we can both agree that whether or not we're penciling Anthony Edwards in as like top five future superstar is one thing, but penciling Anthony Edwards in as like he can be the leading scorer on a good team. I think that question has been answered. Not to be Johnny Stats, but you know your guy you hate, Michael Porter Jr. Sixty six percent true shooting in his breakout year. Anthony Edwards breakout year fifty six percent shooting, slightly above league average. Okay, well now do their usage percentage. Um, like you and, got, you you can't. He's you twenty. Can't, he was twenty last year, so hey, he's going to get better. But but he but you're talking about a guy who made meaningful strides in in certain situations. Like yeah, I understand that like. Michael Porter also, by the way, playing with Jokic, like, you know, one thing, 
I think Anthony Edwards, I don't know if he has a super duper star leap in him, but he yeah. And better. also I wonder just like with Rudy and towns there, like, but my, my point is he, he went from like a very clear minus as a rookie, like just mm-hmm. an empty calorie scorer to a much better all around player who could still score. And then we're looking well, at here's my bold statement. I think he's slightly overrated. I, if I had you to said you thought one, he was the most overrated player in the league. Maybe because I think people are penciling him in as like a top twenty guy because they want him to be. But he's, he's tw- not but he's yet. twenty though. Is my yeah. point. Like, but how about you? this? How about this bold statement? For the next ten years, I would rather have Jalen Green than Anthony Edwards. I think Jalen Green's I, I like a better version of Anthony Edwards. I don't know that that's that bold. Maybe um, not. But people, the way you talk about it, I think you know, it's Anthony hard. Edwards gets so much more talk. I think it's given how the improvements we saw from Anthony Edwards across the board last year i think it's it's hard to say that but i i mean on talent alone jalen green very well might be better than anthony edwards now the, the one thing that they you you forget is like they're the same age right like that's true you know anthony edwards did reclass out of that jalen green class so but he also yeah so i, I do think that Edwards being 20 is a is a pretty underrated stat here not to sound like bill simmons just shouting out how young his favorite players are but Edwards is well, no, my, that's my, a good my, point. But Edwards is a, is a are, are you saying right now that you don't think Anthony Edwards is a good NBA player? No, I think he's a good NBA player with all-star upside. I just don't right. think he has That's my point. He could right. he could be the same guy this year, this and, coming year that he was last credit, year and they're not good up, enough. Then. I just looked up his rookie numbers versus Oh wait, no. I was looking up his rookie numbers versus Jalen Green cuz they we're both kind of struggled efficiency wise as rookies, which you'd expect. For sure. For sure. You would expect that. And he was, yeah. and, and both were absolutely abysmal defenders, like worst in the league type defenders. I just think Jalen Green's a na- more natural shooter who's going to be like a good shooter. And we think, we think that, but he also hasn't shown to be like a knockdown shooter. We've seen him have games where he gets hot, but their numbers are pretty similar as a rookies. Jalen Green was a little worse offense. I mean, defensively. Um, a little bit better as a shooter, as a rookie, but um, pretty similar numbers. So I would expect them to kind of follow a similar. Yeah, and, and I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you know, to be honest with you, Zan, like I think they both have legitimate superstar percentage. potential. Yeah, sure. Whether or not they get there, I have no idea. I, I guess, but I think that last year was pretty interesting because I think there was a real argument. I think almost everybody after their rookie seasons thought you know Lamelo Ball was like definitely better, and I think after last year, seeing the strides that Anthony Edwards took. I think there's a legitimate argument about who you who you would rather have. I think a lot of people well, yeah, still and that, have that's, a point. Maybe I'm just a Jalen Green fan because I think Jalen. I'd rather Jaylen have Jaylen Green's Green really good. than Spotty, Scotty Barnes, who won Rookie of the Year. I'd, I might I'd rather prefer have him Jaylen. to Cade. I agree with that. I'd, I don't know that I'd rather have Jalen Green than Cade, but I'd rather have Jalen Green than Scotty Barnes based on yeah. what we saw last year. But anyway, so uh, do you think? I say Minnesota think? no, just because I think, I think it's. I think they are a contender to like be the number one seed, so they therefore maybe a contender, but. They really badly need Wendell Moore to be ready to play, which I think is a, is, is always tough, right? Or they were Jaylen super ex- Noel or right. Jaden McDaniels sh- is pretty good. McDaniels they have Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson. They have a lot of big forwards. Like are pretty the, good. We like the idea of Torian Prince better than we like Torian Prince. Yes. All right, we got. Let's talk. We'll each throw one more team out. Okay, you but go first. No one, I would say yes to, but I mean, you look at the Lakers upside. You look at New Orleans upside. I Memphis guess we should, talk, we, should talk, we should talk about Memphis for sure. That's a big miss by us, but. I see. I wouldn't consider them, but yeah, I don't think Memphis is winning a title. They're the same team, basically. Lost Kyle Anderson, 
Jaron Jackson's out for a good portion of the season yeah, now. They, they didn't really add Danny Green, I guess they added. but they, Yeah, he's not going to play, though. Yeah, like, so I just don't see it. Um, I don't know what the upside is for John Morant past this point. You know, yeah, he, he could be a better player, as well. but he's really good already. Yeah. It would have to be Jaron Jackson Jr., and he's hurt, so I just don't see it. Yeah, and it seems unlikely. Like, David Roddy might be able to play right away, but, like, LaRavia doesn't seem like a guy who can come in and play right away. Zaire Williams maybe has a big leap in him if he's totally healthy. And, obviously, Desmond Bain is really good, but, yeah, Yeah, this seems like... What if Desmond Bain is just, like, you know, whatever, like, Michael Red or something? You know, like, he's he could be, like, that good. Yeah, I mean, he's already really good. I I don't know. This, This seems like, you know, Memphis, to me, seems like this is a year of, like, a holding pattern. And then they are able to make a big move in the offseason to to really like in year five of John Rant be like, all right, we're here. Like we're, yeah, we're I did, I'm just to hate on them. Like I I could see them, you know, they're a safe bet to win 45, 50 games, but definitely in terms of titles, like I would rank probably like eight other teams in the West ahead of them. Okay. Including New Orleans, just based on the idea like maybe Zion comes back and he's like the best player in the league. All right, here's a quick no let's, idea. Let's do let's do quick on the Lakers for a second. Yeah. If they move Russ potentially a title contender with the team as currently constructed. I don't yes. think they can win the title. I agree. I agree. Okay. Even with uh, Kyrie though, they're pretty thin. All right. So let's talk about new Orleans. Cause this is one where you've been, you've been very excited about new Orleans and, and what they look like as a unit. They do get Zion Williamson mm-hmm. back. They played uh, quite well with CG McCollum down the stretch. They've, they've found mm-hmm. some guys like, you know, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, like Najee Marshall, good players. I do not think they are a contender yet, but I do think that if Zion Williamson is who we think he can be, that maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. He's no, so I don't good, think you're an but... idiot. Like I, I, I think it's too early to call them a contender, but I think they're a contender to to make the top six. Like, and they were like decidedly below 500 last year total. Right, so... but but that's also because the start of their year was so bad. Yeah. Like, I do want to call one quick thing out here. Um, you know, we, we don't often talk about like guys off the court, but uh, you certainly have friends who are teachers, right? And obviously, like, this is the time of year where kids are going back to school. I don't think I do, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the time of year where like <laughs> teachers are going back to school. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that teachers have to pay for a lot of the stuff in their classroom yes. out of their own pockets, right? And uh, Larry Nance posted on like Instagram, like, you know, who has classroom wish lists this year and, and donated a ton, a ton of money to teachers in New Orleans to uh, stock their classrooms. So I just want to say, like, Larry Nance, that's, that's very cool, you know? And you, he wasn't really looking for like a pat on the back for it. And so I saw a bunch of people say like, Oh, Larry Nance bought my whole list. And I oh, think wow. that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So I'm rooting for Larry Nance. Yeah. I but. like him too, as a backup energy guy, Devonte Graham, backup point guard. Like, you know, I, I, I think, I think the pretty issue, good. The issue for me here, Zan is like, what do we think about Brandon Ingram? Because Brandon Ingram is a very good NBA player, but like CJ is also a very good NBA player. They both have their flaws. You get Zion back. You still have Valanciunas, who we is also very good. But like, is Brandon Ingram good enough? Yeah, to, to be like, is he the second guy? Is he the third guy? If he's, I think third he'd guy, have to be the okay second guy. But like, you talk guy? about like a big three of scorers of McCollum, Ingram, and Zion. I think that's definitely good enough. My only fear is like, are they going to like two ships passing in the night? Like, is CJ going to decline by the time? I don't know. If CJ was like five years younger, like I would love this team. Would you, As, do, in the long term, is there a bigger X factor in your mind going into this season than Zion Williamson? Like, I, I, I don't think question. we're expecting him to be not a good player. Obviously, defensively, there were some strides he could take. He'll be good offensively if he's still athletic, which there's no reason I think he wouldn't be. But um, 
I mean, that's a great question. And I think he is because what other player has the potential to be top 10 or just like play 10 games, you know, and like, yeah, not to, or I, I even don't, if he comes back, he could be bad theoretically. Yeah, he could know. like be overweight. He could not be as explosive after the injuries. Like we don't know. And they did give him a $200 million deal, which I think they had to do, like given what his potential is. But like we like, see, we saw Blake Griffin, like go from top five to like top 500 pretty quickly. Yeah, but he was, he was old. Also, Blake he Griffin was like 30 was like, or whatever. He was at like Chandler Parsons bachelor party in Vegas. And then it was just looked like the greatest time of all time. Not for you, obviously, but uh, those guys were having a good time. But yeah, I mean, Zion's what? 21, 22. <laughs> like he's so yeah. young still. It's, this is, this is why. I don't know if Jackson Hayes will be on their team. Obviously, there's some he's got some legal things going on, so we can't really pencil him. Yeah, maybe in, you're right. Like we're all expecting like, the decline of Zion. Like, has any like young superstar declined this young? Like guys like Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp Griffin, was still a couple wall, years. But, I mean, Blake yeah. Griffin was still like towards the end of his twenties in Detroit, put together like one of the best ten seasons in the NBA that year on a sure. bad team. And Zion's twenty two. Like, Andrew Bynum was like twenty eight or something when he hit the wall, right? But he, he also was... didn't care anymore. Like Andrew Bynum wasn't like a you know I, I don't know. It's interesting. I just think that, you know, Zion could come back and like you said, like I, I don't expect him to like win MVP, but like I think the talent level for like who he is in year four, like when you look at his numbers from what we've seen from him when he's been healthy, like no one else has ever done that. Like including LeBron James, like he, he nobody else scores like he does at the rim. It it just doesn't happen. And so at his age, and I just I'm really excited. Well, to see I, I it, think that's but... an interesting. Uh, two other names I thought of for like this youngest decline, I guess steepest would be like Derrick Rose. Maybe he was young again. Like we're talking about, you know, Derrick Rose tore multiple ACLs, right? And but that's true, yeah. I guess. He was like 25 or 26 when that happened. Jason and, Williams, either Jason, either of the Jason Williams. Remember, they both had issues. Um, the guy got a motorcycle accident. The other guy, I think, killed somebody, right? <laughs> Shot a limo driver. Yeah, that's Next a decline. Time on a, yeah, I don't know. All right, that's it for us. I picked basically every team to be a contender. I'm pretty Yeah, you picked way too many, I think. I, I think it's pretty open this year, you don't think? Well, if if you, 10% maybe was too high, but I think there's only like six. I would I would go... Give me your, give me your, your All right, to recap. Contenders. I think in the East, it's clearly just three to me, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. I agree with that. I'm with three in, in the East. Yeah. In the West, Golden State, Clippers, reluctantly Phoenix, and I think Denver. So I would only have seven. All right. I think Golden State, Clippers, Phoenix, Dallas, Denver, and you Minnesota, said Minnesota. Minnesota. I think six. That's fair, but that's a lot. If, if the, Theoretically, the You're telling exercise me that, was 10% chance. Like it's almost how, how great impossible. Is it? Yeah, that's true. It, it's not impossible. All nine teams have 10% that's and true. then the rest of the field has 10%. <laughs> that's basic that's math. All right. That's it for us this week. Uh, we'll get Zan some tutoring on percentages <laughs> in the coming weeks. But I think we're back on a weekly basis now. Uh, yeah, things I'm are going to start to heat up. And yeah. And we'll talk, maybe we'll talk some football sleepers next week. You know, it's almost football season. And uh, Zan's also you know, dropping lots of cash on football futures. So maybe we'll get into that, but uh, he is Zan underscore listen on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show Xander Gellison at gmail.com. And uh, as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the underdog sports NBA show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.